I think it's kind of ironic when I'm a little bit anxious to do an episode. That's about how not to be anxious. But that's what happened to me, so... I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that I pushed myself to do this one, because I know the subject is very important to a lot of people, including myself. It was more important years ago. I have definitely gone down a well-established road through teachings and whatnot and finding the best methods to kind of pass anxiety and to pass stress. So as I was going further and further down that road, I had a good barometer for what was going on inside of me because I started out from a very tense level. Now I'm I'm from a, a half Italian family. My father in our in my younger years, he he had a bit of a temper. Wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, raised me and my brother very well. But I mean as that, you know, that uh the stereotypical fiery Italian temper, he had it especially when he was working his job and come home being very stressed, et cetera, et cetera. So I inherited that temper to a point. And when I was in my younger years, in my early 20s and up, I knew it was a problem. I wasn't a healthy person. Uh, physically, I wasn't a healthy person. Mentally, I wasn't a healthy person. And having the anger issues as well it made things even more difficult so when I finally got serious about getting better, you know, over the last decade or so, I would go down these roads to see, you know, what would work. And one of the areas that I, I realized was a huge problem for me was my anger and the anger and the fear and the anxiety all are under the same umbrella. So they're all part of the same type of lower emotion and once I realized that, I realized, okay, so it's my reaction to outside influences and my reaction to my own mind and what I'm thinking about. These are the things that are, quote unquote, triggering me to feel a deep anxiety. And once I realized that, well, then I had my anchor and I knew what I needed to study, what I needed to look for, like the teachings related to that, related to anxiety. And everything kind of, you know, falls into place after. And I'm not saying that I've gotten past it completely. That is definitely not the case. I mean, we, we I'll talk about it. We live in a society where it's not possible to get 100% past it. So instead, what you got to do is you just got to be able to cope with it to set up the correct habits, set up the correct mindset, set up the correct natural reactions to situations that in the in the past triggered you to getting to that point and then being able to react to it in the correct way so that, you know, a year, two, three years down the road, you just have a natural positive reaction to the situation no matter how bad it was in the past. I look at situations that used to set me off and I would go days, weeks sometimes just stewing over certain things, but that's not the case anymore. And even now I find if something bothers me, this, um, I'm big, if I see like an injustice 
in the world or, you know, somebody gets away with lying and cheating other people, that still bothers me. So I do get, you know, angry. I feel that emotion in the moment, but I'm amazed at how quickly I can get past it. And, you know, of course, I'm going to look, see if I can help the situation anyway. But most of the time, if I have no control over, I can't do anything. Well, there's really no point to stew over it. And that is related to one of the the second quote from Epictetus that I'll be talking about later on in the episode. So what we have here is a buildup of energy. So I was I was talked about a little bit in the last episode about the gut. And this is definitely the location that you need to focus on when it comes to any of the lower energies. This seems to be the area that can get disturbed the quickest. And it's the area where you're going to keep all your disturbed energy that's going to cause your fear, your anger, and your anxiety. So the energy then builds up into a level, if, if you're feeding the gut with disturbing thoughts, then it's going to build up in a disturbing way. And eventually it leads to an explosion, or if you're um, the type that's very physical, you might be able to do something physical such as exercise to naturally release it, but it's never a 100% cure. You know, the, the only cure is to, to not let it affect you, to release it in the moment so it doesn't build up in the first place. That's really what this anxiety, fear, and anger really are. It's just a buildup of emotions. It's like you've stored this lower energy until it's become a problem that it's turned insane. It's, it's become a disturbance inside of you. Now, a great example, a story comes from Eckhart Tolle. And if you've never heard that name before, you know, you must have been living under a rock. He is the most known spiritual teacher in the world. He was definitely more popular years ago when he was connected and friends with Oprah. It's not as much these days, but he gave a great story. His, his, his one uh, major book, The Power of Now, which I highly recommend you read, especially if you're a beginner in this. That's a great one to start with. But his story in that book was about a duck. And it's the same thing with all animals, really. So this duck gets into a fight with another duck. And if you watch them from a distance, you'll see the, the one duck float away. And what does it do next? Now, you're probably picturing it in your head right now. If you've seen any type of animal in that situation where they become disturbed, like something bothered them, what do they do? They shake. They shake it off. So with birds, they shake it off, they puff their feathers, and then they move on. Well, what was that shake? You know, I don't know if nobody really asked. I never asked that question before reading this story. The shake is the duck pushing out all of that tense energy that built up in that tense moment. This is something that we don't do naturally. Now, sometimes it will happen naturally. If you're, if you get into a fight, if you're overly anxious, you might have a moment where you just kind of shudder or shake, and that that's some of the energy getting released. But we tend to hold on to it more than we release it. The animal seems to to know this, and they just release it before it can become a problem. So the duck shaking, it's, you know, pushing out the energy so that it's not trapped inside of them. And usually, again, this is coming from the gut. That's the center where it's kept. It's a good analogy of that. And there is a way. I mean, I've, I've gotten to the point where I could do it naturally. I, I might have talked about it. I don't know if it was the last episode or before that. 
about the idea that if you were to do that too much, then yeah, I mean, if you're an animal in the animal kingdom, just kind of floating on a pond, it's okay to have zero energy. It's okay to push it all out and just kind of relax in the moment. And sometimes that's okay for you as well. But if you push all the energy out too much, then eventually you become lethargic. So you're not going to have a motivation to do things to kind of create and give back to the world. And that's not a good situation for any human because it leads to feelings of inadequacy. And if you don't keep it under control, feelings of depression and so on. So you don't need to push out the energy, really. I mean, it's a good idea if it's too much. If you're really in a bad state, then, you know, push it out and start over again. But instead, you can just kind of, you know, keep it under control. So when that spike of energy comes through to be able to release it or in um, the sense where I talked about energy manipulation in the body to be able to spread it out to other areas so that you can then use it to create and to give back to society. So a good example of this, and I can almost guarantee this is the case, you've met somebody who's on edge, right? I mean, if you haven't, it's probably you. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that was a bad joke. So, I mean, you, you just, you, you meet somebody who's on edge and you know. I mean, you can feel it. You can see it in their eyes. You can hear it in their voice. I mean, they'll be nice to you, especially if they're your friend or family member. They're going to treat you with respect and be very kind. But you can just tell that, you know, the smallest thing is going to set them off. They're very angry. They're very anxious. They're very tense. They talk in a very, like, um, kind of an emergency way, like everything is an emergency. They are uh, usually, you know, like when they talk about other people who are bothering them, it's a very, like, over-the-top kind of angry situation. They might use swear words when you're, you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is kind of an overreaction to the situation, but it's because they're so intense that they, 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 they see everything as a threat. So when they talk about situations, they're going to be very over the top about it and very angry about it. I mean, it's a good sign to see that somebody has reached a breaking point, you know, whether they're going to break down in some way uh, at this breaking point. You know, it's not good for them physically, too, because being in that constant state of stress is going to start breaking down the body because you'll never be able to relax. And that's when diseases come in. That's when sicknesses come in. So just being able to relax, just as a complete side note, is a great way to stave off sickness. I'm talking about all sicknesses. I know it might not be 100% true, and I'm sure a doctor is going to call me (laughs) a crazy person for saying this, but I do believe that stress can be blamed for most every sickness on this planet. And I mean, the ones where you can get like it's a virus that spreads to you, And maybe you can't fight that off with being relaxed, but I can tell you this, that if you do get the sickness, being relaxed and, you know, using meditation to try and pass it is going to kill it off quicker. But being stressed about it is going to help the virus to spread and it's going to stay in you much longer, especially if you're not a healthy person, you don't eat healthy and you're stressed all the time. Sicknesses are going to affect you in a worse way. So there's a side note for you, a little side thing. So somebody who is on edge is focused on their stresses. Life is a constant fight for them. Um, they, you know, they're, they're quick to explode. These, these are the folks that if you ever 
and I understand this, you know, when you're on the, when you're driving, as some people, they turn into different folks and they, like they, they're very quick to road rage or they're speeding recklessly and they're putting other people in danger. You just need to let that pass. Uh, get, get as far away from those people as possible. I understand reacting to it in a negative way, but they're only just spreading their quote unquote virus to you to, to make you angry. So for them, life is a constant fight, right? They're rushing to get home, rushing to get home. And if anybody slows down, if it's not that person's fault, they're going to get angry at that person right in front of them because that's the quickest thing, right? They're just feeling so much anger. It's got to spread. That's another way to release it, but that's a terrible way to release it because that is really horrible karma for, for that person in the future. And it's just like this, this spiral, this downward spiral, it's going to continue on in their life. So life is a constant fight means that, you know, it's going to be hard to, you know, I feel like if you work with this person, it's going to be hard to speak and negotiate with them. If you're, you know, service people, I feel so bad for service people who are forced to be nice and to, you know, still fix a situation, even if they're being abused because somebody is much on edge. And the terrible thing about that situation is if they treat that service person poorly, then the service person's unhappy and they might treat the next person that they interact with poorly. And then it's just like a link, like the next person, to the next person, to the next person. And it's like waves, like waves in an ocean. It's just going to keep affecting others. You know, think twice, the person should think twice before they treat somebody else rudely because it's going to affect other people they don't know. And that's never good. And the final, like with somebody who's on edge, is they are stuck in a negative thought habit. So that because they're on edge, they see everything as being an us against them situation. So the minute they hear some news, they immediately focus on the negative side of that. You know, there's, there's, there's no positivity that's flowing through their mind. They're never going to push over to that positive side because they're stuck. Because their life is difficult. They are unhappy about it. Everything seems to be going wrong with them. To know that that's happening to other people too makes them feel better about their situation because then they think it's normal. If the whole world's going crazy, then it's not just me. And that's, you know, unfortunately getting to be more and more true in our current society that there's a lot of this negative thought that's going around and drama and stuff has taken its hold. That's a whole complete different episode. So what do you do? Great question. The best thing you can do is just get into a, a different habit. The first release is always the most difficult because it's just built up over time and it's going to take time i mean sometimes those releases you can only handle a little bit you do one one like in the morning you do it again at night and you just continue for a few days until you finally you know don't feel that tension anymore and you 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 physically feel yourself has changed and other people will notice it as well so you got to get used to the idea of being able to pass that energy naturally without having to do anything physical because not a lot of people have the ability to go and do aggressive exercise without hurting themselves. And then if they, if they pull a muscle or something, the pain of that is just going to make things worse. So if you can learn how to pass that energy without really doing anything physical, just be able to pass it 
uh, not emotionally, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, uh, it's on an energetic level to be able to feel into it. So you're feeling into it and then you're feeling it pass through you and eventually out. Now, eventually that method, as it becomes easier for you, it will leave your body almost as a spasm and in an extreme passing motion what I've talked about before is as you push the energy out, you might feel a little discomfort at first afterwards, but then that will pass too. So you'll feel that spasm motion as you're pushing a bunch of extreme energy out, like the, like the duck shaking on the pond. That's what you're doing in that moment. But then after that, once you've gotten that extreme amount of energy out of the body to start with, then you need to get in the habit of whenever it starts building up again to immediately pass it. Like it doesn't have to be out of the body, just pass it to other parts of the body, just get it out of the gut. Get it out of the gut, get it out the lower parts of your energy centers uh, to the higher parts, up into the mind, into the heart and into the mind because those areas can definitely use the energy for more positive things, you know, with, with love, with respect, with joy, and with creation, which is the main reason why we're here. So by passing that extreme amount of energy at the beginning and getting it out, you're, you're kind of giving yourself a reset. And then once you got that reset, it's going to take time. You know, be very kind to yourself and realize it's not going to happen overnight. But you just get into the habit as things build up, something happens in your life that, you know, triggers you into the moment. You feel that energy coming in and then you immediately, your, your subconscious will react to it and say, okay, let's pass this. Now, I, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm now reusing it in my body. Originally, I passed the whole thing. And like I said, that wasn't the best way to, to have a creative life and to, you know, you know, to do tasks and to give back. Now it's to the point where I can feel that energy come up and I just kind of like pass it into the rest of my body, into the higher parts. So I find that, you know, I have more energy throughout the day and I don't get discouraged as much as I used to because of it. So is step one, get that buildup energy that's currently inside of you out. Step two, start working on the habit to pass the energy as situations occur. And then step three, set a reminder. This is, this is uh, so good. You set a daily reminder. I still have them going. I, I have like a list uh, that comes up every morning from my calendar that just kind of, you know, I can go through mentally and remind myself of the certain techniques that I use to keep myself in as much of a spiritual state as possible. Now for you, you can just create a one daily reminder to start with. And as you do more studying, if you're going to head down that spiritual road, which I highly recommend, you know, start reading people, uh, you know, open uh, Evernote. I, I love Evernote because you can search those notes. It's not like Word, everything's in one spot. So you open that account, and as you read books, you take notes, and you, you remind yourself. You can go back to them later on. But in this case, all you got to do is just set that daily reminder. And after about two months of being able to focus on, okay, I'm going to pass the anxious energy this morning. And once you're feeling it actually working, within a month or two after that, it's enough time to get that habit into your subconscious. And that's really the goal. So if the, the habit sinks into the subconscious, then you just do it naturally. At that point, you don't have to remind yourself. Now, I still do. In, in that list, I'll, I'll have stuff. 
actually at the bottom I have stuff that I've kind of discontinued over time. Um, so I have it in the stuff that I currently uh, keeps me in a really good state and I can feel it. I feel it. I know if I follow these certain mantras, if I follow these certain ways of thinking and these certain ways of handling energy and how I live my life, that it's going to be the most relaxing and spiritual life possible. It's what I'm seeking out. And that's what works for me. You might think, oh, Daniel, why don't you just give me that list? And then I'll be just like you. That's not how it works because everybody's different. You know, you all had different uh, experiences when you were growing up, different ways of reacting to things, different ways with dealing with things. And because of that, you're going to have different ways of changing it, of becoming more spiritual. So you need to create your own list. And once you have a list that works perfect for you, you're going to edit it in the future. I mean, something that works good for you today as you learn more and you become more in tuned with your own body and with your own energy and your personality, etc. You know, you're going to find that the way you look at things is going to change. It's going to be different. So you're going to have to edit that list. You know, certain things on there aren't going to work for you down the road that they do today. But then I'm highly recommending that the very first one is pass anxious energy daily reminder for as long as you need it until it gets in your subconscious and then life will change completely it did for me i think it would work for you so the question at this point might be is well will it ever be like will you ever get enough information into your subconscious that you never need to worry about it and the answer unfortunately in our current reality is no your best fight against this is to learn how to cope with it because we're surrounded in a society that is based on stress based on competition and based on fighting so no matter how much you take yourself out of it and you can take yourself out of it you can get into that meditative state you cannot react to the things that bother others then you, therefore you don't take negative actions to fight against things that you have no control over so you can do that and it will take you out of what they call the quote-unquote matrix uh, a bit quicker, but you're still going to keep getting sucked into it because things are going to happen in society that affect you. If not in your neighborhood, maybe in your family, you might be forced to you know, take action to help somebody else, which is great, especially helping them in a very positive way and not you know, supporting anything negative that they might be doing. So we live in a society that's going to constantly push that energy towards you you're not going to get much support from all the people around you. And since we're all interconnected, you're always going to have that, you know, tension and disturbance coming towards you. Then the only thing we can do is learn to cope. We can't, we can't eliminate it. So it never stops. But that's not a bad thing because that's what reality is now. That's what your life experiences is. And you just learn to accept that this is what's going to occur. Now, you can, you know, live in a fantasy world and, you know, picture what it'd be like if that wasn't the case, if everybody around you was very spiritual and everybody supported everybody else. I don't know how helpful that's going to be, but I mean, it would be nice for the moment to be able to live in that reality. And who knows? I mean, maybe if you're living in that reality, you kind of like exude that energy. You might change some folks around you, but it's not going to change the world. Okay, I got a, a couple quotes for you here before we before we end this episode. 
First one's from Natalie Goldberg. And the quote is, stress is an ignorant state. It believes everything is an emergency. Nothing is that important. Let me reread that. Uh, So stress is an ignorant state which believes everything is an emergency, period. Nothing is that important. So it's a great quote in the sense that we always fear the worst is going to happen. This is kind of an evolutionary way that we've learned to survive. So that what happens is we fear the worst and then our brain goes to work to try and prep and, you know, figure out how it can solve the worst case scenario. But the funny thing is, is that nothing has actually happened. So you're fearing the worst as if it's already occurred and your brain doesn't know the difference. So you're creating stress in your body for something that as actually hasn't happened in your life. I mean, when I say it like that, it sounds crazy. And that's a lot of people, they react to these situations. In a sense, they are being insane. And for that reason, you need to know that, you know, when you stress about something and you think of it as an emergency because you think it's going to be the worst case scenario, you need to realize that it's, you know, it could turn out completely different. It could be a very positive ending and you just stressed yourself out for no reason at all. But even if it is the worst case scenario, you need to kind of see it from the point that maybe it's not that important. Maybe the worst case scenario in that situation really isn't as important as what's affecting me and what's stressing me out in that moment. Uh, the second quote, as I kind of alluded to earlier, is from Epictetus. He is a uh, Stoic teacher from the, the Greek times. Uh, quote, There is only one way to happiness, and that is to cease worrying about things which are beyond the power of our will. I'll say it again. There is only one way to happiness, and that is to cease worrying about things which are beyond the power of our will. So that's, that's I've, I've spouted this. I will scream it from the roof. I will go to a rooftop right now and scream it out for everybody to hear because <laughs> I love that teaching. That is my favorite Stoic teaching of them all. And the basic thing that he's saying here is that you have no control over things that are out of your control. So the things that others do, the things that groups that you're not a part of do, you know, the things that happen in the world that you have no control over, like the tragedies that occur that you're not connected to, that you personally weren't a part of. These are the things that are out of your are are beyond the power of your will, as he said. So for that, you got to realize, well, if it's something that I have no control over, then why am I, you know, spending time worrying about this? Why am I trying to figure it out? Why am I feeling sadness in that moment? As I I mean, it's, it's always good to sympathize with a situation, but try not to empathize. Try not to, you know, feel the sadness and things that you have zero control over. And, you know, you can help, you can support, you can, like I said, sympathize and try and help them emotionally. That's all great stuff. And I highly recommend doing all of those things. But you don't need to hurt yourself over it because you didn't do it and it's not connected to you. And the farther away it is from you, you know, the less that you need to hurt yourself over it. Again, support with all of your might, but don't hurt yourself over it. Don't let it affect you like it happened 
to you personally. And again, that is one of the most powerful, powerful teachings that comes from the Stoic teachers. Anyway, that's it, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. As I always say, if you like it, a simple way to support me is just give a review. Apple, Spotify, Google, however you listen, really doesn't matter. It helps others to find me. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you next week.